out there and happy new year uh, from us here on Talking Tigs. Glad to have you all back with us for the, the last one, well, the first one of 2022. And uh, we got the Tigers bowl game to break down. Plenty of other bowl games that we've, we've had the pleasure or fun pleasure of watching, uh, depending on which one you were able to see. And, uh, you know, of course, LSU basketball had their first loss of the season. We'll get into that. But first, I want to check in with the guys, see how your New Year's was. Mine was pretty low-key, got to be honest. Wasn't really looking for anything. Uh, nothing came our way. So we just uh, watched it at the home on a TV and uh, celebrated with, uh, you know, a little little toast to midnight, a little smooch from the, from the significant other. And uh, that was pretty much it. How about you guys? It, uh, it wasn't too extravagant for me. Went out for a nice dinner with my girlfriend uh, for that. Uh, to a local restaurant here so we had a fun time but spent a lot of time new year's eve and new year's day watching the football games some of which turned out to be better than others uh, but overall I had a good time uh, excited to be with y'all it's pretty crazy that we're going into our fourth calendar year of podcasting uh mm -hmm. together so uh, it's been a long journey and, and looking forward to uh, another great year yeah it's good to be here good to be talking you know, this last we're, we're coming up on basically the last bowl game of the of the season it's gonna be lsu um and so I'm excited about that. Glad to watch a bunch of the games. Uh, you know, the New Year's had a had a great slate of games. So I'm um, just happy to be breaking it down. Amen. Uh, so yeah, let's let's. I guess we could break down the bowl game because a lot's happened since we've you know last podcasted. Uh, you know, the playoffs are in the books. Everything else is pretty much in the books except for for our game and then the you know the college playoff football final. And I don't know, the, I guess as a whole, it doesn't look like the SEC is doing too hot. Right now we're at five and six. So depending on whatever happens, it doesn't really ha matter what happens in the championship game because an SEC team is going to take a loss and a win. And, you know, that'll pretty much be a push. So it's basically up to LSU to get a win so that the league is at least 500 because right now we're at five and six. Uh, a lot of surprises in some of these games, I would say. Others, maybe not so much. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously, the playoff games we can talk about as well in their, uh, you know, exclusiveness. But, um, I mean, just looking at a lot of these, these slate of games as a whole, some of them were good. Some of them were just just kind of kind of wonkers. I don't know. Um, I thought Baylor and Ole Miss would have been better, right? But it, I don't know. I mean, Dave Rand just kind of, I don't know. He had a nice, strong, like just, you know, a solid win. Uh, a lot of other teams, like I thought Arkansas, Penn State might have been closer, but Arkansas was the better team on that one. But um, I don't know. Uh, I'd say the only other impressive win may have been South Carolina or North Carolina. But I don't know. I I'll, uh, I'll toss it to you guys. Uh, any, any games that stuck out to you, uh, good, bad, or otherwise, um, I thought the playoff games were kind of one-sided, obviously. The scores were almost identical <laughs> uh, for, for I guess, the last part of the, each game. They were like, it was like 27 to 6 or 27 to 3, something like that. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Uh, it looks like we're, you know, obviously headed to a, uh, a almost a stalemate rematch, although I think they already have Georgia at two and a half, but maybe mm -hmm. that's just because technically they'd be like a home team again. I don't know. They, they think like they'd have a better chance around with Alabama the second time. Uh, we can get into that, but um, I don't know. You know, what's what is out to you guys this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think for me, you kind of you already touched on the the Baylor game. I was very impressed with Baylor last night. Um, I I thought there'd be. I think David Brandon pretty much proved why he he's the top DC in the country. And um, I mean, if you watch that game, almost every single one of their points scored was either a defensive touchdown or came off of a big explosive turnover caused by the defense. So um, they were really, it was a really impressive performance. Of course, uh, Ole Miss loses Matt Corral at the beginning of the game. So maybe, yeah. maybe that, you know, caught maybe that uh, having him on the field would have changed that uh, the outcome, but still, I think that was a very impressive performance for a, for a Baylor team that was like two and 10 last year. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching that one. I think I think that South, you're right. South Carolina looked good, and they've been on an upswing pretty much the entire year. And and uh, Shane Beamer is, is kind of proving to uh, that you know he has them on a good trajectory, I guess. 
same thing oh, yeah. with Arkansas, like you said. Um, I mean, I thought the Oklahoma uh, Oregon game was was an interesting one. I watched that one. Um, and then, of course, the Rose Bowl with Ohio State coming back. Uh, I mean, I was watching, and at one point, Ohio State was like down by like what three or four touchdowns, three, and they yeah. end up they end up coming back. Um, so that was you know a lot of a lot of great bowl games, a lot of a lot of not great ones, a lot of ones canceled, which is unfortunate. But um, uh, that you know, I, I I think it was I think it was an overall good good bowl season so far or overall. Yeah, it was a big two days. I don't know if y'all saw the a video or the picture of Dave Aranda getting the green Gatorade dumped on him at the end of the Sugar Bowl. He's just like ice cold, no expression. <laughs> like he just got out of a like a client meeting. <laughs> but the guy's a, a lethal killer and he's got the program heading up. And in my opinion, like out of all the teams, maybe Baylor should have been in the playoff instead of Cincinnati or some other one. I wouldn't be surprised if they move up like to number uh, four or five in the final rankings. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, as far as the playoff games themselves, uh, SEC got the job done. It just meant more to them. And oh. Cincinnati uh, and Michigan, I, I was kind of high on Michigan last episode, but they didn't come through for me. Harbaugh's dreams are crushed. And uh, Cincinnati, they let down their fellow group of five brethren in the biggest way possible because now no group of five team will basically ever get into the playoff unless like by Until some they miracle. expand it. Yeah, because like this was their like one shining chance to to prove that they could do it, and then they just kind of fell flat, which is tough when you're playing against Nick Saban in Alabama. But I was hoping for a little bit better performance after two straight seasons of winning. And then, yeah, I agree with you, Tommy. The other big highlight was the Rose Bowl game. Uh, C.J. Stroud throwing for like 500 something yards, uh, and then the big comeback in that one. So that that was a fun one to watch. Although the color schemes Utah and Ohio State were kind of confusing, since so they were basically both wearing like the same jerseys. Oh, I know, yeah. I thought, uh, I thought but, the same thing. I couldn't tell who was who. And then, yeah, the crowd was just one big sea of red. Uh, at least we'll be able to, I mean, I guess LSU and Kansas State are both purple, but at least we got some yellow in the mix. Uh, but yeah, excited to close out uh, the season with us on the last stage. Uh, and it's been a, a wild ride of a college football season so far. Yes, it has. Hopefully it can conclude with, with that as well. Um, and, you know, speaking of that Kansas State purple, I was reading up on them recently. It was, it's royal purple whatever that is. I don't know. We, we call ours, I guess, Mardi Gras purple. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's when they bought the team colors, right? It was like all the stocks left over from Mardi Gras. So, I mean, it's definitely, you could, you could definitely tell a difference between the, uh, the Kansas state purple and LSU purple. Yeah. Kansas yeah, state has a lot more blue in it. It makes sense. And it's a Royal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in one other game to toss out there, that was, I don't know, I guess just interesting to me was, uh, I think it was the uh, Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. I watched and that Notre, one. Notre Dame went out to what, like a three touchdown lead. I think it was twenty-eight to seven at one point. Oklahoma yeah. State came all the way back, much like Ohio State did, and uh, you know they won it basically on a field goal. So uh, that was that was entertaining. Although I, I can't imagine having a three touchdown lead and then just filtering it away, but. Yeah, one one more I wanted to mention was the uh, Music City Bowl, Tennessee versus Purdue. That was really exciting. They like got into a shootout. I think they scored like three or four touchdowns in the last like three minutes mm -hmm. of the game, and then Purdue kicked a field goal at the end to win it. I wanted to mention that my my brother's a Purdue student, and so uh, shout out to the Big Boilers. They had a pretty good season actually, and took down uh, a decent Tennessee team. That was a fun one to watch. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. If you listen to some folks, you, you can say that Tennessee got jobbed. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that was, one or two that was bad. <laughs> so you would agree that maybe that, that one call where the forward progress, uh, you know, they probably could have just let it go and gave them the first down or the touchdown, rather. Yeah, I thought he was still piling into the end zone and then they, yeah. they got the benefit of the call. But uh, it's it'll be one of those things that like Tennessee fans will remember for a while, but probably not too consequential in the long run. Probably not only just for them, because, you know, they they feel like they need some bragging rights. They, they feel like they got their guy. They're on the way up. They, they feel like a, a good bowl win here against a Big Ten team. Uh, would have done them well and you know it would have but because otherwise man the SEC is just whoo it's kind of like up to LSU to just keep us at bare minimum and usually it's uh it's the opposite usually the SEC is dominating the bowl games but it's you know it's been very good I would say the LSU dominating the playoffs though which is where it really counts but we still have one left uh LSU in Kansas State 
Royal Purple against Mardi Gras Purple in gold. Um, I, I don't know. I got some facts on Kansas State, but I'd love to hear what you guys think about them just going into this because what they were seven five. Uh, usually a you know like a pretty good mid level, if not higher team. Like they have been in the the B well, it was back in the BCS days. They they were in the race for you know basically a playoff or a BCS berth way back in the day. Even had a Heisman contender, mm-hmm. Colin Klein. I think he's he's on staff with them now. Um, but uh, you know, other than that, you know, it's just kind of been like a you know a steady eddy program. Not too bad. Not you know not world beaters, but. Um, you know, they, they don't have Bill Snyder anymore, who was their coach. He retired a few years ago. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like they can they still do the simple things well enough, um, you know, to be somewhat competitive in the Big 12. I don't know. I, like I said, I had some facts on them just as a history as a program. But, uh, like, going into this game, I, I don't know. You can say what you want about who they are as a team, but you also have to take into consideration where LSU is as a team because I think we're, like, barely fielding a roster right now yeah (laughs) i think that's really the story of this matchup is i i've watched kansas state play maybe one or two times now the one game i did watch i I remember distinctly it was them playing oklahoma where they they basically beat oklahoma for four quarters and they they gave up the game and lost it in the end um but they really gave them everything and and it looked like we're, we're gonna you know upset Oklahoma and kind of ruin their, ruin their season. Um, but with all that, you know, being said, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to say that Kansas state is an elite team, great team. You know, we're playing in the Texas bowl for a reason. We're not, but we're not very good either. And <laughs> we're, we weren't very, you know, we, we got to the Texas bowl with most of our roster and now we're down to like 40, uh, I think Daniel, you know, you said that uh, we're we're going to be starting like two walk-on cornerbacks or something. You know, like like quarterbacks who have who who like we don't have any of our starter starting cornerbacks that, that even played the last game we played of the season um, available due to uh, academic ineligibility. So we're our, our roster is really really depleted. I don't even know if we're gonna we're, we're gonna get into this. I guess, but like you know, we don't know who's going to be quarterback. So I, I just hope we can just get out of this. I, I don't right now. LSU's a, a, a four and a half point dog. Um, I almost might, I almost bite, might bet Kansas state at that point. I feel like it might move um, because gosh, I just, you got to think, I guess LSU should have, you know, on any given day, LSU should have, should be able to out talent. LSU's number two is in threes should be able to out talent Kansas state. You would hope, but I mean, at this point, we're we're start we're, we got forty people. That's that's barely anything. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm a little bit. Uh, I, I don't have much faith or mind much hope for this for this game on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, Kansas State. Uh, they obviously went seven and five. They basically beat everybody that was worse than them and lost to everybody that was better than them. If that makes any sense, like they lost to Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, uh, Baylor. Baylor, and Texas. Uh, but then they beat the rest, like kind of the the Big Twelve cellar dwellers. So they can they can play, but I mean they're not titans of any sort. They have the offense that runs through their running back Deuce Vaughn, who's like really good in the backfield and kind of like coming out split wide. Um, and so some kind of dynamic running backs like that have given LSU some trouble this year, especially given how depleted we are on the defensive front. So uh, I expect them to try and feed him early and often. And if our players can't step up like we need them to, then it could be a long night. Uh, and yeah, like you said, Tommy, we're down to 40 something, supposedly 10 starters or not starters, but 10 people can't play because of academic uh, ineligibility, which is kind of a disaster. Like you gotta, gotta finish up the finals. LSU didn't have to play in the SEC championship. Uh, so that's pretty disappointing. And then we still have the quarterback situation, which we haven't even talked about where uh, LSU got the, the ruling on Garrett Nussmeyer's red shirt from the NCAA, but they're still concealing the decision for whatever reason, uh, which kind of leads me to think that we're probably going to not be seeing Garrett Nussmeyer. And it's either going to be a walk-on uh, quarterback or John Trey Kirkland wide receiver moving into kind of the wildcat offense, which would definitely make for an interesting game. 
yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd so, be fun. It'd be fun to watch, but it's, but I don't, I don't ever want to go into a, a bowl game just being like, okay, let's see what happens. We're gonna put our, we're gonna put our wide receiver out there, just you know, let him, let him run. Right. So, Daniel, by that, do you, do you, are you saying that uh, you don't think that we'll see Garrett Newsmeyer, and then we'll have to see somebody either we haven't seen quarterback wise and or uh, John Trey Kirkland. Because Max is out, right? Like, I, I think I cleared that up with you guys earlier. Max, excuse me, Miles is out. Miles is not going to return for the Tigers this season from what you guys were telling me earlier in private chat. So uh, that's it. Like, we're left with Nuss, uh, some no-name guy, or John Trey Kirkland. Yeah, well, my kind of th- my thoughts are kind of like this. Like, if the thing had come back to where he's got the exemption and he can play, then there's not really that much harm in saying, like, all right, we're going out there with Nussmeyer. Like he's our guy. We have full confidence in him. And then because that's what was expected anyhow, uh, like there's not really any, any need to be deceptive about it. And then you just give Nussmeyer all the first team reps and he's your guy for better or for worse. But by them not saying anything, then to me, I would think that like either they're, they're not confident or they, they didn't get the decision that they want. And so Garrett Nussmeyer wants to sit and so now they're forced to, to go some other route, but they, they don't say it because they're leaving just a shadow of a doubt that he may play. So our offensive scheme would be much different with Garrett Nussmeyer slinging the ball downfield versus John Trey Kirkland running options out of the backfield. Um, so they kind of leave it up both ways for Kansas State to figure out. And so uh, they that's kind of where that is. They prepare for, prepare for a, a, an actual passing attack. Right. And then on the official depth chart that was released, there's only two quarterbacks on there. It's Nussmeyer one and then walk on Tavion Falk at number two. Uh, so that indicates that he would be playing, but it could just be a smoke screen. You don't have to be bound to the depth chart in any real sort of sense. Not uh, in college. That's just kind of, yeah. yeah, that's just kind of what's out there right now. You don't even have to, they don't even have to release a depth chart, I don't think. So, yeah, I don't, I, I no, the, the thing that I don't, yeah, and Daniel, you sent, or, or not that I don't get, but so the report came from Jacques Set that um, Brad Davis said he received the NCAA's ruling on Garrett Nussmeyer's waiver request. Now, now you were saying, you were saying you like if Garrett wanted to sit. I thought I thought that kind of meant he did not want to sit if he was of if he was able to. Right, that's what I'm saying. But that they received a decision, and so uh, this is just a. A feeling but if it was that he got the exemption that he can play then LSU would likely kind of say publicly like we're rolling with him like he's our guy and then that would kind of just build everybody up and then it's business as usual it's nothing really out of the ordinary okay so maybe so you're saying like the way that it's worded that maybe they got the decision and the NCAA says yeah you can play if you want to but Garrett Nussmeyer still says no I don't want to play <laughs> and that and that that's kind of and that Brad Davis is kind of using this like um in this NCAA like ruling as like a kind of a uh, as a way to save face kind of yeah like if he's going to burn his red shirt this is just pure speculation but if it's where he has to burn his red shirt I think he, Garrett Nussmeyer would say I'm not going to play like it's not worth it to me play in one game yeah. Okay, I mean, but on, sorry, but if you're Garrett Nussbar, what's your future looking like? I mean, just to be honest, because if my if Miles is coming back, you know, uh, like what are the odds that Garrett beats out Miles and Walker Howard? You know, well, I, the thing that the thing that I I hope that, and this isn't really, you know, bold. I mean, I guess it is, but the thing that I would hope that that Brian Kelly can do, and that Nick Saban's been able to do, that Lincoln Riley was able to do. Um, that Urban Meyer or not Urban Meyer, I'm sorry, Ryan Day at uh, Ohio State has been able to do is um be is be able to coach these quarterbacks to say, look, if you stay with our program, get better. All you need is one good year to go to the NFL. If that's if that's what your goal is, and you know you think about Mac Jones who is a, already a, a rookie, you know, great, a great great player as a rookie in the NFL. He legitimately had one year. That's it. And ended up being, you know, probably the top quarterback in that class, I would say. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm hoping that – and then you, the same thing is also, you know, with uh, Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley had 
multiple uh, quarterbacks where one after another, they played one year, they won the Heisman, you know, when Baker to uh, Kyler and then to Jalen Hurts, all three of them played one year for him. Um, so I'm kind of, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe a Garrett Nussmeyer could say, okay, Miles is going to come back. I'll sit this year. Then Miles goes next year. Then I play, I get my, I get my junior year, or I guess it'd be a redshirt sophomore year. I get that year. And then, um, wait, would that be his redshirt? So- yeah, that'd be his redshirt sophomore year. Anyways, but I get my year or I get my, my two years and then I go and then it's, it's time for Walker and Walker goes and he plays one or two years. I would hope that I hope that that Brian Kelly could could instill a little bit more long term thinking because I feel like that's that's kind of, I mean that's clearly the reason why we lost Max Johnson. He didn't want to compete again, and he didn't want to ha- he didn't even want the threat of of possibly sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what what assurances he has at Texas A and M, but well, yeah, that's the weirdest part is it doesn't make any sense that he'd go there where they where they have a, a top five or a, t- a five-star recruit quarterback coming in and a, a five-star recruit quarterback who was, I think, ranked higher than him in his own class in Haynes King. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He, they want to play together, so. Now they yeah, want. him and his brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anywho, um, I don't know. Uh, as far as Kansas State goes, uh, if you guys had any more, you know, game analysis, then obviously – chime in but i just want to give you a quick brief on kansas state as a program because uh i don't really know too much about them i mean you you know you follow the big 12 you know their name pops up every every few years i guess but other than that you know it's not like this this name this team that we we see frequently uh as a you know fall in southeastern conference but uh lsu and kansas state their programs have been playing football around the same amount of time since like the 1890s but uh, when they play Tuesday, it will only be the second time that they have ever faced each other. The first time was uh, back in, what was it, 1980, uh, when Jerry Stovall. It was actually his second game as LSU coach, first win. They won 21 to nothing. And, uh, I mean, that was when Kansas State was just barely a program. Uh, but the interesting, weird, you know, uh, what do you call it, six degrees separation, the connection, uh, uh Kansas State was kind of started by Newt Rockney, who, you know, obviously, you know, was from uh, from Notre Dame. He kind of built their program, and they only had, like, 25 winning seasons in their history until Bill Snyder came along in, like, 1990. And then, you know, the, what their history is after that, it's, you know, I, I guess you can credit to Bill Snyder. But uh, all their success before that was basically just Newt Rockney, and he came from Notre Dame. But, you know, and we now have Brian Kelly, who was – who I think this year became Notre Dame's winningest coach. He passed Newt Rockney uh, with with their ten win season before their their game, obviously that they lost to Oklahoma State. But anyway, just you know, weird connection of all these things. But as far as a, a program, I don't know. It's uh, you know they have success here and there. Uh, as I said, they're in the BCS hunt one year. They had a Heisman contender one year. But other than that, we really don't have any history with them. Nor does you know many people in the SEC. I, I don't imagine. But um, I don't know. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting game, mostly because I, I haven't really heard that they're they've been undercut by injury attrition, opt outs, injury, really anything like that. It's mostly just us. Um, we've been holding the line, like we we we're still able to play a game as mm-hmm. it is. You know, because plenty of teams have had to cancel A and M, obviously, but uh, we're still hanging in there. We only got to hold what one, two more days, and then. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, the players are confident. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just see what happens. It's basically a crapshoot, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's a crapshoot. I think that's the best way to put it, Scott. Like, we'll see. We might come out there and beat them by by two touchdowns, and it'd be great. But who knows? Who knows what we're gonna see? Yeah. yeah. We might end up, like like Daniel said, we might end up seeing John Trey Kirkland under center or or in the Wildcat. They, they I could see him running triple option. I could see him running a, a Wildcat formation, and you know he might throw for twenty yards on screen screen passes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think anything could happen, like you said, Tommy. But with the offensive woes that we had, especially later in the season, 
I think that's only going to get worse given the quarterback situation. And so I just can't see us really mustering up enough points to compete with the points that Kansas state is inevitably going to score on our Mm -hmm. depleted defense, which is why I'm going to have to probably pick Kansas state in this one. I think the score will maybe be like 30 to 20 uh, where we'll score, but uh, we just can't really keep pace. And then that's that like the team with the more complete, options throughout their whole team it comes out the victor in the end but i'm still holding out hope that something crazy can happen and it always can in college football but uh expecting kind of a a sad note to end the tiger season yeah i mean the only thing that i think kind of helps us a little bit is um like you said earlier like they're uh they're kind of center of their team is that running back vaughn and we have we seem to have all of our defensive line available so you know, we got we got Jacoby and Gillery, we got um Mason Smith. And so I'm hoping and, and BJ O'Jalary too. They're at least they're on that roster. Who knows if they actually play it, but right as of right now, they're they're available and gonna play. So yeah. I feel like you know, if we shut them down, I could I think that I could see us keeping it close and uh you know almost almost kind of being like that uh uh like that sugar bowl last night, but but at the very beginning when it was like zero to zero for the entire like first quarter, just kind of went back and forth. If we can kind of put a stop on their, on their running back, their running game and, and force their pass, their, their quarterback to pick us apart and, and, and do so then maybe we got a chance. But then when you, when you look at how we're going to, we don't even have any of our, I mean, I don't think any, most LSU fans aren't going to be able to even recognize most of the quarterbacks who are going to be playing that's where we might run into trouble and it, and it might, you know, might not even matter. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I think, I think I kind of agree. I think I'd pick, I think I'd pick us to lose. Um, I don't know. I don't think Kansas state's necessarily a high scoring team. I don't think they're going to, you know, it's not like one of those teams where they don't play defense at all, but they score a ton of points and, and you know, things like that. I think they're kind of in the middle range. So I think you're right, Daniel, maybe something around, you know, 30 to 20 is probably right. Um, what's the, it's, it's the, yeah, the over under is 48. Um, so that's about right. That's what they're saying. Um, gosh, I mean, I, yeah, I hate to say it, but I, I think we'll lose. And I think, I think Kansas state will probably cover. Wow. I, yeah, I, I want to hold Tiger Scott. I, I want to, I want to hold out hope. Cause just, cause I feel like, I don't know, like you said earlier, even our second and third string, you know, hopefully would be just better than their best. But I, I don't know. It's just the way the, the way the bowl season's been going, especially with the SEC teams, uh, I don't know. I feel like LSU's doesn't have a – I don't know. I want to stay positive, though. So I, I feel <laughs> like LSU can, can win it by a field goal. Like I said – earlier to you guys, I feel like if we, if our defense is just good enough to keep them at field goals, maybe we can outkick him on some, maybe get a special teams player, defensive play here and there. Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, I mean, still with, with our offense, I mean, uh, it's going to have to be all the backups, like literally all the backups, backup QB, backup O-line, backup wide receivers. All of our stars are gone. Our running backs, maybe, I, I don't know, but we, you know, we, we haven't really, you know, we, we can't say that we've relied on them this year because they haven't had to save a game for us, mostly because we knew we probably couldn't rely on it, so we didn't even put it to the test. But I don't know, maybe this is game LSU running backs have a breakout game for some reason. I don't yeah, know what I hope K so. State's run defense is like, but you know, maybe that's uh, something we can game plan for that they wouldn't expect. Yeah, and then on the, the backup situation, uh, this isn't necessarily just the second or third string because like in the the cornerbacks, which we had talked about, we started the season with Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks opposite each other. And then both of them went down and then we were down to Dwight McLaughlin and Cordell Flott coming in. And then now we have neither of them. So we've got Nichols transfer, Darren Evans and true freshman Demarius McGee starting for LSU in the bowl game. Uh, So this is literally like fifth and sixth stringers. It almost reminds me of the game a couple of years ago against UCF. Oh yeah. In that game, John Trey Kirkland actually played cornerback. Mm -hmm. He played defense. Uh, and now he might be the starting quarterback a few years later. So that'd be quite a journey for him, but yeah, we're just so decimated. And uh, so, I mean, it definitely gives people an opportunity to step up and improve themselves on a big stage when 
nobody else in college football is playing right now. So you can show your face to the whole country. And I mean, that's something the intangible that you can't really predict, like who steps up out of nowhere uh, and just puts on a show. So I'm hoping that somebody can uh, do that for the Tigers. Yeah. I'm hoping that maybe we can see our buddy pig cage. I feel like he could, he could be one to step up and uh, you know, he'll be look for him at, at, he got a little bit of playing time at the end of the year at the kind of wheel linebacker slash safety position. So um, I know he, he was a playmaker at Nichols. He was a playmaker in high school at Rummel, and I'm hoping he can he can kind of show us a little something on uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be in a town that this the school, this team, this this fan base is well familiar with Houston. I mean, we we've played there plenty of times before. We have played in the Texas Bowl before. That was that game we talked about before with Texas Tech. And LSU just kind of blew the doors off of them in a game that I was kind of surprised that they did because it was. It seemed at the time like we were depleted. I don't know. It just it was at the end of a season where everyone was just, you know, there wasn't really, I don't know. It just seemed like a, a missed opportunity of a season. And now she just kind of just blew the doors off of Patrick Mahomes and the Texas Tech Raiders. Um, but I, I feel like this game in Houston, there's, there's always a good vibe, a good energy. Like sometimes that can help, you know, in a bowl game if, you're, if you can know the fans are for you. Uh, and I don't know, it just kind of helps with, uh, with the mentality of it all. Uh, LSU's, or excuse me, Houston is Baton Rouge West. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I expect a good game regardless. Uh, I don't know if the Tigers will pull it out. I, if you had to give a prediction, I'd say, I don't know. I want to say, yeah, maybe win by a field goal. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be stunned if K-State won by a field goal also. Okay. Yeah. Next, you guys, you guys, did you guys give a score prediction or no? I'd said 30 to 20 K state. I think Tommy was pretty much on the same line. Okay. I was about the same. I just, I just said that they would, that uh, K state would cover. You, yeah, that's right. That's that. right. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Is there any other bowl games that you guys, I mean, the, the playoffs, I don't know. It's a rematch. Maybe Georgia can do better this time. I, I don't know. I feel like, um, I don't know. It still feel like, maybe they should expand the field because you can tell by the, the two teams that won, it was just, it was not even close with the other two teams. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, it's like uh, just based on the eye test, that was, those were the best two teams available. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Michigan looked like they didn't even belong Cincinnati. You could say also, but I mean, they, again, that was like the first power five that's really had a chance to play and to prove themselves. And, you know, I mean, they had to go up against Alabama. Good luck. But, uh, you know, still, it's just it was a totally different team. And it's the guy that was their, their offensive coordinator, he's going to be our offensive coordinator this fall. Uh, you know, I don't think you can really judge that too much by this game. But, I mean, he has faced him before. He was uh, with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame at one point. But, uh, yeah, I just think the SEC is above and beyond this year as far as the, you know, the playoff teams. I don't know. They, it, like, I feel like... Ohio State would have gave Alabama or Georgia a better game than those two teams, right? Even though that they didn't really deserve to be there because of their records. I don't know. I just felt like it, maybe with a different matchup, it would have been a better game. In my opinion, anybody who played Georgia or Alabama was losing those two games. I'd seen some people talking on Twitter, like we need to go back to the BCS and only have two teams and just have the SEC champions play a rematch in the, the finals <laughs> every year. Uh which because these two, I think, were head and shoulders above the rest. Like yeah. I mentioned earlier, I think Baylor would have been interesting given their defense, like against yeah. uh, maybe Alabama's offense. And then you, you talked about Ohio State. They were good, but I think they still lose. I mean, they, they beat Utah at the very end, and they had lost to Oregon early in the season, uh, as well as they already lost to Michigan. So if Michigan gets stomped by Georgia and Ohio State lost to Michigan, then, I mean, I know the transit property doesn't really work in college football, but uh, – it would stand a reason that they would lose as well. Uh, I guess it's just maybe this season, those two teams are that much better. Yeah. And I yeah, I mean, I don't, out. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think putting any to other two teams that at least across the field that I watched, I don't know if it really would make a difference. I think you'd still, maybe it's a little bit closer. I, I definitely, I don't think, uh, I could see the Cincinnati game being a little bit closer just because Cincinnati's not, you know, probably not one of the, not on the same level as, as, uh, 
as an, another power five or SEC, you know, top tier power five team. But uh, even still, like, I, I don't think that, um, I think that we'd be sitting here talking about the same national championship matchup, uh, regardless of who, uh, who we switch out for the Michigan and, and Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that pretty much ends Cincinnati's season. But I mean, uh, you know, speaking of them, we we do acquire their offensive coordinator. I mean, LSU made official. LSU made it official. We get uh, Mike Denbrock, their offensive coordinator, and uh, again, they've worked uh, Brian Kelly and he have worked together before at multiple levels. So I feel like this is someone that Brian Kelly really wanted to get, and he got him. Obviously, that's why we didn't really have a word on this until until Cincinnati lost because he was competing for uh, a playoff position. So there you have it. Uh, I mean, they, they've made some other announcements as far as uh, coaching goes, but I don't know. I think that's the, <clears throat> that's probably the, the biggest one because that's what we were waiting on. And, and there it is. Uh, remember before we were talking about it, when the names were floated last week, we kind of felt better about him than house, but house was named. Uh, we get Matt house who was with the Kansas city chiefs, but he's going to be the defensive coordinator. And now we officially have Mike Denbrock for offensive coordinator. I mean, they named other coaches as well, you know, position coaches, but I mean, those are the two big ones, but I don't know, just based off of what we've seen just with these two hires and based of what, you know, former players or people affiliated with the program have said, uh, everyone is all behind it. Right. So I feel like, you know, it, these are good hires. Again, it's, it may not be household names that, you know, the, uh, you know, the passing LSU fan might know and could get excited about. I feel like the fact that there are people within our program from years past that know these people and can vouch for them says a good bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that uh, with the house hire, um, I'm a little bit more, of course, you don't know as much about him just because he's a, he's a position coach in the NFL, but uh, I think we got to trust for us, Brian Kelly, a little bit on that one. And I mean, if this is any kind of indication, Tyron Matthew came out and said, yeah, this guy's legit. He's going to be great for LSU. He's going to, he's a great coach. And, you know, kind of was that thing where it's like, we're sorry to leave it or we're sorry to miss him. You know, we don't, we don't want him to leave, but he's going to be great for LSU. So mm-hmm. I, if there's if there's somebody in the world who knows defense and knows LSU and knows what we need, I think it's Tyre Matthew. So I'm going to trust him. But uh, on the offensive side, I, I think this is a pretty a pretty good hire. I, you know, I give it a solid B or a B plus. On you know, I don't I don't know if it's it's not like it's not like saying, uh, oh yeah, we went out and got like what originally Coach O's plan was when he first got hired. You know, go get Lane Kiffin and, and peel him away from from Saban. It's not necessarily something like that as a big name or, you know, the, the, the top coordinator in the sport right now. But um, Cincinnati has been consistently good over the past, you know, past couple of years. They've developed Desmond Ritter from a, a quarterback who in high school, I think, I think, I think his only offer was Cincinnati. And, you know, he ended up being a Heisman contender. So um, I, I'm just, I think, I think it's kind of like the same theme with, with everything that we're seeing um with brian kelly is like you go get people who've done it with with less and say here here's the keys to this ferrari mm-hmm. now you know do what you did before and and with all the care and with all the uh with all the you know um attention to detail that you that you did it with at where when you had to do it with that kind of detail and then apply that to you know this this uh you know, great program. So I'm excited. I, I'd like to see, you know, what he can do with Miles and uh, some of our great wide receiver talent. You know, like uh, like like Keishon Butte, who who basically confirmed he's not leaving earlier this week. Um, but uh, you know, now it's just time to get to work. Let's get to recruiting and 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 solidify our class a little bit more. Yeah, those are a lot of really good points. It's uh, this is kind of to be expected. I think you don't like to see this being our fifth and sixth coordinators in three seasons at LSU after we had we dropped the previous two in two seasons in a row. But this is what's going to happen when you make the the change of 
uh, leadership at the top. You kind of have to trust Brian Kelly a little bit in going out and getting who he wants to. Otherwise, I mean, we talked about this plenty on the podcast, but you can create like rifts in your organization right from the beginning. And it's better to trust a little bit and let them do what they need to do to start building the, the culture from the bottom up. And so even if that means you're not going out and getting a splashy big name hire, at least you can get somebody that the head coach is comfortable with and thinks they can work with for the next five years plus instead of one or two years, which is what we've gotten recently. And I think that's very important and hopefully sets us up for more long-term success. Uh, And then uh, on the more kind of minute scale about these coaches uh, histories in the past. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Den Brock's had a lot of success with Cincinnati and then uh, where he was familiar with Kelly and then house did good at Kentucky and Pitt as their defensive coordinators before he went to Kansas city. So he's been at SEC DC before uh, this is mm-hmm. not untreaded territory for him. Yeah. And then, like you said, uh, the testimonials from all his players and former coaches are pretty overwhelmingly positive from what I've seen. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that's a ascending name in the coming years. So we just got to get to work with that. And then uh, sad to see Pete's and Durante Jones go, but I guess the one year experiment. Well, maybe more sad on a personal level as opposed to LSU as an organization. Um, So we'll, we'll wish them well and then look to the future. Yeah. I just I just wonder what Pete has dialed up for us uh, on Tuesday. I, I would imagine it's nothing that imaginative, but you can hope. Right? M- maybe maybe he'll throw in a flea flicker in there somewhere. That'd be kind of cool. Just to spice it up, he'll probably open the game with it. Actually, uh, but I, I did want to mention some other uh, assistant naming hires that LSU had because uh, again, they you know, once they were named, uh, they were you know, former players and others affiliated that uh, were really, uh, you know, can basically uh, co-signing the hire. Uh, one was Robert Steeples. Uh, he was an assistant special teams coach for the Minnesota Vikings this year, uh, but he's going to be joining us. Before that, I mean, he played in the NFL with the Vikings, but like he basically went from coaching high school to making a jump to the NFL. But in his years in high school, like, transformed this like Jesuit high school in Missouri uh, into a powerhouse in like four years, went back to back undefeated seasons to the state title game twice. Uh, but I don't know, there's a video that came out. It's kind of shows him uh, giving like a, a pregame talk. It was, it was kind of inspiring. So we got, we got him, uh, but also on the uh, defensive side, LSU um, looks like we are going to hire Jamar Kane. Uh, who was at Oklahoma this past season. And I, don't, I guess people kind of assumed he'd be joining Lincoln Riley at USC, but he's not. He's going to be joining us as the defensive line coach. And interestingly enough, also the run game coordinator, which I, you know, I guess those two can go hand in hand. <laughs> it's kind of playing, playing both sides of the fence if you're coaching, but uh uh, anyway, so that's that's who we got. Also, uh, people were very positive about his hire as well. Um, so th- there you go. Uh, I don't know if either of us had any of these names before this. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think they were floated yet, unless you guys saw it. Uh, I didn't but, really have much to, to say on that other than yeah. I hope they work out for the best. I couldn't even give <laughs> you any insider information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all right, though. I mean – Honestly, I mean, we're starting over, so let's start all the way over. Uh, yeah. I mean, former players that have been in, so, in contact with these guys are, are very positive. So, I mean, that's something to go on right there. But um, in addition to that, you know, we have our game. It's coming up. Uh, I, I will say this. The Tigers kind of already earned a win before the game itself. They, I guess, as, as is tradition with this bowl game, they kind of have a rodeo. And they pit the two teams against each other, obviously the bigger guys. I uh, basically just to kind of like herd cattle in a pen and LSU, LSU won that. So they took home the belt uh, for the rodeo before the game of the Texas bowl. So we got that going for us, which is nice. That's a win. Yeah, exactly. Um, but other than that, man, hopefully the Tigers can, can pull it through and Brad Davis can lead them to victory Tuesday night, which is the last game before the, uh, the title game. As far as the title game, I don't know. Don't really care. I'd love to see Georgia win, obviously, but uh, I just don't think it would be that. I don't think it would be uh, 
a, a big lead. I'd say Georgia by three or seven, mm-hmm. if that. But um, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that already? Um, I, I, I feel like Bama's going to win. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess just Damn my it. feeling. But um, Bama is, like you said earlier, like they're uh, a three-point dog right now. Um, kind of surprising when you when you think they've already beaten Georgia once. They put it on uh, Cincinnati, but all, although I mean I guess you know Georgia looked really impressive against Michigan. So yeah, I just yeah. I just wonder if Georgia has used it. I, you know I, I said this before. I predicted Georgia to win in the in this past game, but I said I could totally see them using it all up on this Michigan game and then coming out just a little bit flat and almost looking like the SEC championship again. I kind of hope. I hope that's. I hope that's not the case. No. But I just. I wonder if. I wonder if it's going to be. You know, they they climbed a little bit too too. They overcame a little bit too much, and and then uh, you know it's going to not really work out for them. Yeah, last year I picked Ohio State over Alabama in the national championship game, which turned out to be incorrect. I will not be making that same mistake again. I said they were going to stomp Cincinnati. They did, and I'm riding with Saban uh, for them to to take it down. So just switching my my allegiance over to talking tide. <laughs> talking tide. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel goes with the flow, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, talking tide. That's funny. Uh, but I, I would say that I would love for Georgia to win. I will go out on a limb and say that Georgia can break their streak to the tide of, of not winning, basically, um, in these big games. Uh, and Kirby Smart can finally beat his old coach. And um, – they will, I don't know, I, I feel like kind of like what happened with uh, Alabama a few years ago. You know, the LSU beat them during the regular season, barely. And then uh, Alabama had the obviously the, the answer for them in the title game. Uh, you know, obviously I don't think anyone can completely contain Alabama, but I, I feel like Georgia can do better on defense this go-around. And hopefully their offense can, can do a little better. I, I don't know, it's, it's crazy how they could do nothing. And then, you know, teams like LSU and Auburn and all this were just able to play Alabama to these close games. You'd think Georgia could, I hope this go around that it's, it's just a lot more balanced than, than it was. Cause last time Alabama was just basically running away with it. I, I, yeah, I, I really, I really think that it will be, I think, I don't know if Georgia will have enough to beat them. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to, I wouldn't be totally surprised if they did. I don't know if they're going to have enough, but I have to believe that this the national championship game is going to be much closer than that SEC championship game because I I I, I, fir- I I firmly believe if you watch that any if you watch a quarter of that or even five minutes of that Michigan game that is not the Georgia team we saw mm. lose like lose like dogs and I don't mm-hmm. mean bulldogs to Alabama um, you know I I think that I think that Georgia played their worst they happen to play their worst everyone plays a terrible game of the year. Um, I mean, we remember the Ole Miss game when LSU was on fire. And I, I mean, I think most, most people would say that was probably our worst game of the year um, against Ole Miss when John Rice Plumley like single-handedly ran all over the team. Um, I would say, you know, I think Georgia's worst game of the year, they've basically been unstoppable all year. And the worst game happened to be the SC Championship against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's hope they've gotten that out of the way and they can – you know, give Alabama a real competitive game and, and we can just see what happens. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Exactly. Um, and that was definitely the case with, uh, with LSU basketball this week, you know, uh, it's first time LSU has gone to like what 12 and 0 um, undefeated so far out of the gates. We, people don't even recognize it, but you know, obviously that was against a, uh, you know, smaller, smaller conferences, uh, nothing like SEC play, which they got into this week against Auburn. Uh, first true test, and they they lost. I don't know if you guys were able to watch the whole thing. I watched as much as I could. Uh, I mean, obviously, at some point, it just seemed like LSU was just not going to pull away with it. I mean, they they fought hard. You know, LSU was they went down what eighteen to one, like right out of the bad. Yeah, it was just you thought, up oh, here we go, here we go but then they yep. got back within six points and it's just kind of, it kept, uh, you know, uh, crescendoing like that throughout the game. They could never get closer than six and they ended up losing by 15, but 
I don't know. I, you know, it sucks. It's, it seems like it wasn't the same teams we're used to watching, but you know, it was a tough environment. Will Wade himself said this would be the toughest environment in the SEC. And he would say they'd be lucky if they scored 60. Uh, so obviously both were true, but uh, I don't know. Do you guys think this is uh, like a, an exposing game for us or just, eh, you know, we know it's going to happen at some point. LSU kind of need to just get it out of the way. Right. Well, it, it was a tough loss to stomach, especially seeing them go up 18. Yeah. After we had the first point and then they scored 18 in a row, literally there was a lid on the basket. I think we were over for 16 from the field or something like that at the beginning, which is almost like unfathomable. Uh, but LSU managed to do it. And it was after that, once we kind of shook off the rust, it was mostly even keel. Like, like you mentioned for the rest of the game, like we were hanging with them, but just couldn't get back in the race after that. And that's been something we had super slow starts. We had mentioned this in, in other games against Louisiana tech and Georgia tech. And unless that's something that we can get cleaned up, we'll continue to plague us because after that, we, we didn't play that bad. I think the game plan at the beginning was weird for Will Wade because he started Eric Gaines and Xavier Pinson at the same time and not Brandon Murray. So we basically had two point guards on the court at the same time. They couldn't get out of each other's way. We were turning the ball over left, right, and center. Uh, plus we were ice cold shooting from the field. So uh, just kind of a, a catastrophe of errors on top of each other. And that's what happens when you play. A, I'd said this last week, like you can't commit all these errors against the SEC team, like Auburn and expect to win. This isn't Lipscomb or whoever. Uh, I think we can come back and do better. <laughs> We got Kentucky at home, the uh, first SEC home game, the same day as the national championship. So people will be having to flip back and forth between those games. And then if we can beat Kentucky, then that'll take a show a big step uh, towards just confidence in the team and overall quality. Uh, but mm. if we go down 0-2, then uh, it may be a, a bit of a tough stretch after the big 12-0 start. And so we'll see what Will Wade has in store there. Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing to watch, but um, I, I feel like you can't count out. I, I think Auburn's a good team. I think Bruce Pearl is always going to have a always going to have a, a prepared squad. So um, I, I'm not I'm not counting us out. I'm not saying that we're uh, th this is the end of our season or or you know, oh man, this this is really bad for LSU. But I think it just shows we got a lot of improvement to make, and that uh, I think we're going to be competitive in the like we were competitive in that game, especially at the end. We had chances to win. We didn't pull it out. But unlike football, you know, one loss doesn't define you in basketball. We can we can continue on and beat them beat them at home, and then continue and and, and beat the you know a lot more of our SEC opponents and, and be in a good spot going into the tournament. So um, I think we're still in a good spot, and and I'm, I'm just glad that we got to play in probably like Will Wade said, the toughest environment in the SEC in what was seemed to be built up to be like the best or the biggest game of the year in like college basketball or at least SC basketball, um, you know, tickets were going for like $500 and everybody was packing out the, the stadium. So we, I, I'm glad that we got that under our belts and we kind of have the experience with that so far. Yeah. And then one of the biggest things to me was, how we got dominated by Walker Kessler. They're like seven, one mm -hmm. white boy center. He, he's had the, the shack triple double with 16 points, uh, 10 boards and 11 blocks. Literally every time we would try to go to the rim, even like Efton Reed, who's I think seven foot, he would get stuffed. And then Eric mm -hmm. Gaines would try and like drive for a layup and then just gets rejected. Uh, so I mean, we got taught a lesson there and Kentucky's got a guy kind of like that Oscar Shibui who I think he had like 28 rebounds uh, in his last game, which is pretty crazy. So if we can't contain, he's kind of like mini Zion a little bit in, in terms of how he plays. So that'll be the key. And uh, if we can contain him and be physical uh, and not get dominated on the boards, but then we can beat Kentucky. I, um, Tommy and I went to the game against Kentucky back when Ben Simmons was playing against LSU. This is basically that, the exact same situation right after New Year's. Uh, and then somebody fouled out on Kentucky and, and Calipari was going crazy. And then the student section was rocking. So that was a fun game. And then and Calipari the got ejected. Oh yeah, Remember he that? did. And everybody was, was waving and screaming yeah. as he walked out. Uh, so hopefully the environment and the results will go similarly to that, but I'm excited to watch. Yeah. Right on. And I, I think one thing LSU can do, you know, a, a teachable moment in any loss really, but I don't know if Will Wade really talked about it after the game. I haven't had a chance to look at his thoughts. I know he did say, that he, he isn't worried. He's like, don't worry. We, we still got a good team. He, he seemed like, you know, uh, he, he kind of expected it. Uh, and I guess what he 
thought about the score of uh, you know what LSU might be able to do there. It was pretty accurate. They didn't score sixty. He thought the environment was going to be a you know a ruckus environment. It was. Um, so I don't know. Uh, the fact that we lost by fifteen is a little humbling, but I, I feel like LSU. You know, they had to get out of the way at some point. Um, you know, they had some slow starts against much lesser opponents. We're able to, you know, pull away in the end clearly. But, you know, you knew, uh, you knew how this team started was going to affect them. And it, just falling down 17 points on the road, that, there's just no way to start a game. And they'd gone, I forget what you said, Daniel, about their field goals, but as far as three-pointers, they were 0 for 11. But yet, they still just kept popping them up. I think at one point, I was like, you know, LSU – May have a chance in this game if if Will Wade just told Gaines to stop shooting threes. Yeah, Gaines was Gaines was one of seven from three, and I think he was like uh, over six at the beginning. We finished six of twenty nine, so you're shooting twenty percent uh, from three with that volume, twenty nine shots. You're not going to get it done. That's why you got to feed on the inside, like to Eason and uh, and Efton Reed and, and work from the inside out where our real strength is. But yeah, if, if we're breaking it up from three, then it's going to be a long night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd say LSU's best moment that I was able to see was uh, Eason basically getting still in the ball and one in the court, dribbling all the way down and getting a layup with a foul to kind of break the the, the scoring droughts because at that point we'd still only had one free throw. And it, it just you could see it in him as he was moving down the floor. He was like, enough of this. We've got to score a bucket. He grabbed it, took it all the way down and scored. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought it was going to spark a little bit more, but it wasn't. But, I mean, as you can see, this team's going to go through runs. They're going to get down, hopefully not that big again because they won't survive. But uh, they, they can go streaks themselves. You know, they're down 17, and then, you know, they got within six before the first half was over. So, you know, you know they can, can compete. It's just finishing. Um, we'll see what they do against Kentucky. But, you know, all hands on deck still, I think. Um, yeah, it's one loss. No big deal, right? Yep. Fair enough. A lot of, but a lot I'll of say ball this. to be played. Yeah, but you know, we, we did have some good news in that. I mean, we got to see Justice Williams, who basically declared early to like get in and played. And he looked good, right? Yeah, that was his first minutes all season. And he uh, didn't have like a huge impact, but he, he played all right. And he was a former five star recruit, um, yeah. one of the few that Will Wade has gotten. So uh, hopefully they can develop him and be another kind of like kind of big power forward uh, with inside out potential. So uh, more deep in the rotation. So, yeah, I was glad he got to see some time. Yeah. He had a big three to get us within, I think, six at one point in the second half. Um, so I was good to get that experience. But, uh, I mean, for, uh, you know, as far as that goes, so that's pretty much it for basketball. I mean, we got this big game against Kentucky on Tuesday, same night as the bowl game. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it all. Big week for LSU sports, two basketball games, and obviously the football bowl. So uh, keep your TVs on. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got baseball right around the corner. I think it's less than a month to, uh, to open in day. Preseason rank number one, uh, number three, right? right? Yeah. 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 Jacob Berry is already, he's been predicted as like a, you know, player of the year mm-hmm. type candidate. Should be interesting. I think the only question for the Tigers is still, you know, like what, what are they going to do with their, their pitching rotation? Um, but, uh, you know, plenty of time to figure that out still. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to once that season rolls around. But uh, I don't know. I, it feels like uh, maybe there's uh, some, some indication that the Tigers may not pull out a Texas Bowl victory. I'm holding out hope. Uh, and but you guys feel pretty confident about LSU against Kentucky, would you say? I'd say maybe it's like sixty-five percent chance against Kentucky. I I don't know if I'm I'm betting the farm on them, but they can definitely win this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you're not betting the farm, Tommy. Mm, I'll, I'll bet half the farm. <laughs> okay, the half the dozen produce, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right on. All right. Well, we'll see what happens, and we'll have it for you folks next week here on Talking Tigs. Uh, you know, hopefully you can set up a TV and watch watch both games somehow. Maybe stream one on the, the phone, watch the other one on the TV. I think they'll both be on. But uh, hopefully that uh, turns out favorably for the Tigers in both instances. And uh, the rest of you folks have a good week as well, and we'll uh, talk about it. 
however it plays out next week here on Talking Tig. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tig.